right now. Your word is truth. You've given us the spirit of truth to lead us and guide us into that truth. It is my desire, Lord God, that when I speak forth, I'll speak forth as the oracles of God, saying what you want me to say, doing what you want me to do. We fully believe right now in Jesus' name that as the word comes forth, it comes forth as seed and, and water. And we firmly believe that you will bring the increase in the lives of these people. As we, by your grace, step out and not just hear the word, but become doers of it. And we thank you for that now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we've been on a study now here in this church called What a Manner of Man Is This for almost a year now. Can you believe that? I mean, when I went and I looked and I saw that, I was kind of taken aback. But you understand that this study could have been broken down into smaller segments. But every segment we've discussed, every segment we've been studying has to do with what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth. In one segment, we talked about the fact that Jesus was a man of, uh, of prayer. In another segment, we talked about how Jesus always operated in the love of God. And yet another part of this study, we've seen how Jesus was a man who operated in authority. And then finally, in the most recent segment of this study, we've seen that Jesus was a man who always was faithful. Faithful to do what his father was telling him to do. So what does this mean to you and me? It means that we too should be people of prayer. How many know that you should be a person of prayer? Seeking the, uh, uh, the, the face of the father. Hearing from him. And finding out what he wants us to do with our lives. It also means that we too should be people who are always operating in the love of God. Including forgiving others. Even when they've done us wrong. It means that we too should be people who uh, uh, operate in the authority of Christ. And when the enemy comes against us or our family, we need to rise up and use that authority against him. Amen. Do you want? Oh, my goodness gracious. Listen to me. Where was I? Lord, how you're going to have to remind me of this. The enemy is throwing out. I mean, he's just. He's going to town right now, for lack of a better way of saying it. I've never seen it more dark than, I, than it is right now out there. I don't believe I've ever seen it this way. And it's been bad down through the years. I know people like to say, excuse me, in the, the 60s, you know, you had you know, the Vietnam War and all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, it's worse now than it was then. Are you listening to me? There are things happening in this world, if I shared some of the things that I sometimes come upon that probably a lot of you had not heard about, it would take you aback. What is it? The enemy knows his time is up. So he's going to throw it all out there and try to take out as many people as he possibly can. So what, is, what, what does that mean to you and me? We start to shiver in our boots, shake in our boots. In fear, because the devil is big and bad, and he's got horns, and he's got a tail, and he's got a pitchfork, and he can get me? No! We have authority over him. 
When we speak to the devil in the name of Jesus Christ, he shivers. He shakes in his boots. He drops his pitchfork. He gets out of there. That's the way we've got to approach things. That's the way we see things. Because the devil is defeated. He's already defeated. The devil is defeated. I don't know if you're hearing me close enough, but the devil is defeated. Are you hearing me? So we don't approach him on the same playing field. We're looking down at him. Glory to God. Don't let the devil have a foothold in your life. Nor in your families. I'm telling you right now. If you go to a doctor. I don't know. I've just got this coming up. When you go to a doctor. And the doctor tells you something that is a negative or a bad report. What is that doctor doing? I'm not saying he's being possessed by the devil and saying something to you. I'm not saying that. But he's giving you the information based upon what he knows. Let me ask you a question. Is what he knows greater than what God knows? Than what this says. You can either agree with it. Or you can do what you should do as a Christian. Nod your head. Say thank you for letting me know that. But I have a better report than that. Whose report will I believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I choose to believe this. Now, again, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying you look at the doctor and say, you devil bound. That's not what I'm saying. They're just doing the best they can with the information they have, their understanding. But again, as a Christian, we've got a greater understanding by whose stripes I was healed. Jesus has already taken sickness and disease upon his physical body. He took it for us. He went to the cross for us. Now I can stand before you whole and healthy. Now that doesn't say, that's not to say the enemy won't try to come and attack me. Or you too. But what do we do again? Oh, I must be getting sick. I must be catching the flu. I must be this way or that way. Because that's what they're telling me. No. I said no. Start to say right now, before the doctor ever says anything to you, start to say right now what the Bible says about you. Pastor Jonah and I were talking about this the other day. How important it is to build yourself up in the truth by making confessions of faith based upon that truth every day of your life. To you come to the realization, this is who I really am. And then when the enemy comes against you, boy, you're loaded to bear. You are ready to go to task on him. Amen. We have authority over the devil. And everything of the devil. Amen. We're not the sick trying to get healed. We're the healed maintaining our health. Did you hear that? Amen? Glory to God. Okay, that was all for free this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we should be people who operate in authority, and it means that we should be people who are found faithful. 
faithful to do what God is calling us to do. Faithful. Faithful to our pastors, to our spouses, and so forth and so on, to our children, to our bosses. We, that should be something that is our calling card. Boy, I tell you what, if Daniel said he's going to be there at that time, you can count on it. He's going to be there at that time. Does, doesn't that speak volumes? Not only for you as an individual, but more importantly for Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, and so lately in this study, we've been going through a few of the attributes of the Lord that speak of his faithfulness. And attributes that we should, too, we should too have in our lives. Am I saying that right? We too should have in our lives. I should say it that way, right? Is that better? Thank you. Thank you, David. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, the first one we looked at is the fact that our God is always there. The, our God is always there. He is Jehovah Shammah. I am the Lord who is there. I mean, gotcha. that blesses me that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. It blesses me that when I call on him, I know he's there for me. Amen? And that speaks of his faithfulness. The next attribute of God that we looked at actually last week is the fact that it is impossible for God to lie. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Friends, listen to me. Get this in the forefront of your thinking as well. It is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. If God said it, that settles it. Now I choose to believe it. Glory to God. But it's easy for me to believe it. Why? Because he can't lie. It's impossible. Hello? Glory to God. Plus, we saw how the word of God is truth. We saw that the spirit of God is called the spirit of truth, who leads us and guides us into all the truth. And we saw that Jesus referred to himself as the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. You know that Jesus is the manifestation of the word made flesh? So if the word is truth, that means Jesus is truth. Amen? Glory to God. And then finally, we saw how much God hates lying. He hates lying. Everybody say, God hates lying. And one of the main reasons he hates lying is because the devil is the father of all lies. Now, if we're going to be operating in faithfulness, if we're going to be people of integrity, I said that wrong. Should we be people of integrity? Let me ask you that way. If we're going to be operating in faithfulness, should we be people of, of integrity? Should we be people who always speak the truth in love? Should we hate lying as much as God hates lying? I can, I can say this to you with complete 100% honesty in my life. Whenever I've ever told a lie in my life since walking with God, man, it's like I get punched in the gut. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It's just like something I'm like going, man. And, and, and as we looked at last week, it's an abomination to God. I mean, out of the seven things he lists that he hates, two of those times he's talking about lying. We should not tell lies. Teenagers, I'm talking to you. You do not have to lie. 
You do not have to lie to impress people. You don't have to lie to cover things up. People will respect you more if you tell the truth. And I'm telling you, it will change your life if you make that quality decision. If the next time a lie slips out of your mouth, you immediately say, no, that's not the truth. I don't believe that. Forgive me for saying that to you. It's not the easiest thing to do, though, is it? So what you've got to do is before you speak, this is, this is important, you ask the Holy Spirit to put a bridle on your mouth. You know, one way to do that is to slow yourself down. And what you're saying out of your mouth. I said slow yourself down before you speak. And listen. If you find like. If, if, if what you're saying is going to incriminate you. And you feel like you're going to get in trouble. Because of what you've done. Guess what you deserve to get in trouble. <laughs> that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> and that's the part of people are going. Man, well that's the reason I'm lying. So I don't get caught. <laughs> listen. Listen, if you've done something wrong, guess who already knows that you've done something wrong? Your mom and your daddy might not know, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit knows. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He already knows you've messed up. So why don't you do the right thing, fess up, get things right with him, and then trust him to help you from that day forward not to do that stupid thing that you just did. Amen. I mean... Tell me the truth, people. You do not have to lie to me. I'm not saying anybody in here has lied to me. I'm not saying that. But it's just so important you really watch the things you say to others. We should be people of honesty. We should be people of integrity. We should be people who speak the truth in love. Did you get that last part? Speak the truth in love. In other words, don't be jerks about things. Yeah, all right. The next attribute of God, and this is the, ne the, the, the next one, that speaks of his faithfulness, is he is always the same. He is always the same. The Bible says this in Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. It's pretty strong, isn't it? I do not change. Hebrews 13, 8. Quoted all the time. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think you need to say that one with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Uh, James 1, 17 from the New Living Translation. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He never changes. And then finally, Psalm 119, 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. How long is God's word settled in heaven? Forever. So does God change? Does his word ever change? <laughs> no. He never changes. His word never changes. You know a saying that's stuck with me over the years. That has helped me stay steady when I was wanting to step out ahead of God. I don't know if anybody else has ever been like that before. And make things happen in my own strength and my own abilities. Is this. If it's God today... It will be God tomorrow. 
Did you hear that? If it's God today, it will be God tomorrow. If it's God's will today, it will be God's will tomorrow. Amen. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. So what about us? If we are to be found faithful, then we need to always be the same. We cannot change. Now let me say say something right here, right now. I'm not talking about our spiritual growth in the Lord. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding in a mirror, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, everybody say transformed, into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Romans 12, 2. Says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word transformed in both of those verses comes from the Greek word metamorpho. From which we get our English word metamorphosis. When a caterpillar, when a caterpillar goes into its cocoon, when it eventually comes out, Is there any change to that caterpillar? I mean, come on, people. It goes from this ugly creature that I don't even want to get near, let let alone touch, to this beautiful butterfly. Amen? And as we allow our minds to be renewed with the wonderful and powerful Word of God, it too changes us. We go from that ugly, defeated, Sick, broken, disgusted, loser of a person into the very image of Jesus Christ himself. From one degree of glory to the next. In other words, as we are maturing in Christ by renewing our minds with the truth of the word of God, we are changing. No longer are we controlled by our old, carnal, selfish nature. But instead, we are now controlled by our spirits that have been reborn and are now strengthened by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, what I'm talking about here is that once the Lord is revealed to our hearts what His will is for our lives, then we cannot, we must not, be moved away from that. We cannot change where we're at if that's where the Lord has placed us. We cannot change what we're doing if that's what the Lord has instructed us to do. Faithful people refuse to change. Faithful people remain steady. Faithful people remain remain consistent. They remain steadfast no matter how great the challenge is. A person who is unstable and who is inconsistent is this way today and something totally different tomorrow. And you just never know which person is going to show up. (laughs) Can someone who acts that way be counted on? In other words, do you believe someone like that is going to be faithful? Have you ever known anybody like that? I'm not looking for a show of hands. I'm not asking you to point at your neighbor. 
There one day they're all excited and they're all on board. But a few weeks after the novelty has worn off, it's, well, something else has come up. I must have jumped the gun. Friends, I remember one young man when I was over at uh, Missoula Bible Church. And this young man would, I mean, he would get on fire. And he would come into the pastor's office and he would be so excited and he would be sharing all of these wonderful things he wanted to do and he was going to do and the, this vision God had given to him, God had given it to him, God had given it to him and then he would step out and begin to do it and then after a week or two or maybe a month or so, it would just fall to the wayside. And then all of a sudden, not too long after that, he'd be back in the pastor's office talking about why, why he let go of what he said God told him to do over here. And now he's, he's, he's all excited because God has told him he's got a new thing for him to do. Is that the way God operates? I mean, seriously, is God wishy-washy? I, I, I want you, Sarah, I want you to sing in the praise and worship team. Sarah, no, I don't want you to sing in the praise and worship team. I want you to be a greeter now. Now, I'm not saying you can't do both. That's not my point. My point is, is that when God asks us to do something, he expects us to do that and remain faithful in doing that. We are not to be moved away from that unless, the God, unless and, and this is a big unless, God is leading us. But he's not wishy-washy. Everybody say God's not wishy-washy. He's not wishy-washy. It's just fun to say that word. Wishy-washy. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Uh, um, as I briefly shared last week, even in the amount of time that I've been here at Celebration of Life Church, and I know we've been here over 10 years now, going on 11, right? <laughs> I've had people pull me aside and say, Pastor Dan, I'm with you. I said this a few weeks ago, maybe. I don't remember exactly when I said it, but I know the Lord has called me to this church. And I'm with you, Pastor Dan. I'm with you. Glory to God, I'm with you. And I don't remember the time frame, but it wasn't very long and they were gone. They were gone. I remember one couple in particular that came alongside of us to help us. And they were with us for a few years. Wonderful, wonderful couple. Just loved them dearly. And then all of a sudden, something happened. And they came to us and just said, we're done. We're gone. We're out of here. And they left the church. And man, I tell you what, that was not an easy thing for Pastor Joan and me at all. To have somebody sit in, in your house Look you in the eyes after we had been hooked up with him for so long and tell you that we no longer believe in you. We no longer believe in what you preach. It hurt. But we, you know, glory to God. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. We got through that time. We grew because of that. And we love, the, we love them very much. We really, really do. And, and probably some of you know who I'm talking about. And I'm not, as you can see, I'm not speaking evil over them at all. I'm using this as an example because I wanted to share this with you. One day I was out again. I like to play my praise and worships uh, out in the uh, where I work out sometimes, and and it was just one of those times. And I was working out, and all of a sudden I was pondering this situation and what had happened. And the Lord spoke to my heart, 
And he said this. He said to me, I want to get it so I'm saying it completely, I'm saying it right. Hallelujah. He said this to me. He said, I have removed this couple from you and celebration of life, church, for your protection. Now, I want to get, get this next part. This is the Lord speaking. I never changed in what I called them to do. They changed in what they believe. And so, you know, again, is that the way God operates? Is that the way God does things? I'm going to say something to you. This is the way it is in life. It's called the uh, honeymoon stage. Has anybody heard of that before? When you first get married, oh my goodness gracious. You and your, your, you look at your honey and she can do nothing wrong. Obviously, if you're a man. And, and, and so, you know, see, they're, they're in the honeymoon stage still. But see, what you've got to understand is the honeymoon stage will eventually wear out or wear away. Yeah. We'll see about that one, brother. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is this. Today in our society, and I'm just, I'll use marriage as an example, a lot of times after that first novelty wears away and, and then you start to have some challenges in the, in the marriage relationship, you know what a lot of people do these days? Bye-bye. I'm out of there. And do not think that's just, that's just the way of the world. This, the last time I had seen, it was over 50% for Christians, the divorce rate. Isn't that sad? Absolutely ridiculous. And I, I, I believe one of the reasons is right here. They do not have an understanding of the fact that if we're faithful people, we're going to stick it out. We're not going to change. I mean, I love this woman with all my heart. And I'm not standing here before you and saying to you, we've never had our challenges. Oh, we have. Have you ever been around her for a no. I know a lot of y'all are probably thinking, no, I'm sure it's the other way around, and usually it is. But, but the thing about it is, is we made a decision. I made it a quality decision way before I even knew her. Or no, I, don't, well, I knew her way before I knew I was going to marry her. But whoever I was going to marry, I would always be quick to forgive or ask them to forgive me. Are you hearing me? Why? Because I want the love of God to dominate my relationship. Have you ever been in a relationship where you're not operating in the love of God? You're fleshing out. Things are not going well. You're shouting. You're doing whatever. Okay, you have to show hands. Don't show hands. Don't show hands. Keep them down. Some people are like, going, yes! <laughs> it's at that time you're really going to find out where your love walk is. You're going to find out where you're at. Not only in your relationship with that person, but more importantly, in your relationship with Jesus Christ. A faithful person will say, I'm going to stick it out no matter what. And that's why, again, we, 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 we are very serious, before you ever get married, that you have pre-marriage counseling. To make sure this person really is for you. And that you really are going to line up with one another. Amen. But, 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 but my point in saying all of these things is, is that... There are going to be times in your relationships, there are going to be times in, 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 in here at the church where you're, you're, you're doing something here for the church. And then all of a sudden it becomes mundane to you. It becomes, uh, uh, you just go through the motions. It's no longer, you know, you don't appro appro approach it with the same zeal and passion. 
Whose fault is that? Is it mine as the pastor? Or could it be possibly yours? Because you're not stirring yourself up. And you're not reminding yourself who you're really doing it for. Because as much as you might think you're doing it for those kids, or you might be doing it for some teenagers, or you might be doing it for the young adults, or you might be doing it for the adults, or whoever. More importantly, you're doing it for Jesus Christ. And if you, again, keep that at the forefront of your thinking, then hallelujah, it makes those days where you feel like, ah, become days where you can say, glory to God, I'm coming through this. I'm going to stick with it because I do not change. God called me to do this. God has called me to do this. He's given me the grace to do this. And because of that, I'm going to stick with it no matter what the enemy throws at me. No matter how, look, 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 look at me, Linda. (laughs) has anybody not seen that one where the the mother is talking with the little boy Linda, 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 listen Linda anyway, anyway, hallelujah we have got to make that quality decision that we will not, will not, will not allow our circumstances to drive us away from doing God's will for our lives the challenges we face drive us away from doing what he's called us to do and that's, that's, that's stick withness. Stick withness. I'm saying that right? It's that where you refuse to change. You refuse to back off. If it is God's will today, it's going to be God's will tomorrow. Again, I fully understand. There will be times where God will lead people away. There's truth in that. I understand that. But notice how I said that. God will lead you away. God will never drive you away. If you leave this church because you're offended, I'm telling you right now, the devil's standing behind you with a whip driving you out. Not trying to be rude or mean toward anybody who's left this church before. I'm not saying that. But what I'm trying to get across to you since you're sitting here today, everybody smile real big, you're getting it today. If anybody ever leaves this church because you're offended, you're being driven out by the devil. Not being led out by the Holy Spirit. And I just got to do this. Boom. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not the way we're supposed to live our lives, is it? You know, uh, uh, now listen to this. If you think you can step out and do your own thing and then think that God's going to bless that, you're gravely mistaken. And yet people are doing stuff like that all the time. All the time. But what are the people who do those things really doing? They're basically saying, hey, God, I know what's best for me more than you do. So (laughs) I'm going to step out and do this instead of what you're asking me to do, because I know what's best for me. Question mark. Do you think God's going to put a stamp of approval on that? Do you think God's going to bless that? Oh, my goodness, no. I want to share these scriptures. Almost done. Can you stick with me just a few more minutes? Psalm 15, 4 says this. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. The New Living Translation of that scripture says, And honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Friends, there, that is a dis- wonderful description of a faithful person right there. 
No matter how challenging and difficult things may get, you're going to stick with it. You're going to, no matter what comes up, you're going to stay put. You're going to follow through with your commitment. You're going to, you're going to keep your promise no matter how much it hurts. I know from whence I speak. Because, see, when a person makes a commitment to do something, but then that something else better comes up, Obviously, your flesh wants to do the thing that seems better to you, doesn't it? Like, for example, I commit to come help you, Pastor, work on the new building. Oh, but I have the opportunity to go to the lake over here. Going to the lake is going to be a whole lot more fun than going and working in and doing, you know, work at the church and mowing and all that stuff that's going to be involved, isn't it? But you've got to swear to your own hurt. You're not supposed to change. Do you see how I'm saying that? Again, this has got to be something that is ingrained in us. This is the way I'm going to live my life. And when you do that, when you're faithful to do, to stick with your word, stick with your commitments, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. And as much fun as you might have had going to that lake for that one little time, maybe for a couple of hours, God's going to bless you way beyond that. Because you're faithful to follow through with your word and not changing, even though it hurts. You hearing me? Last scripture, Luke 16. And this is, I've said this before in one degree or, uh, or another. But this is important to understand. Faithful people will treat whatever the task they've been assigned to as though it was their ultimate calling in life. And as though it were the most important thing they could ever do for the Lord. Did you hear what I just said? Faithful people will treat whatever the task they've been assigned to do as though it were their ultimate calling in their lives and as though it was the most important thing they could ever do for the Lord. See, what happens with so many people is they consider the things they've been asked to do as insignificant. It's below them. Who are you to ask me to do something like that? <laughs> but I want you to get this. That's not the way God sees it at all. That's not the way God sees it at all. Listen to this. Luke 16 says this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So a faithful person, no matter how big or small the task is, will approach it the exact same way. Did you hear that? Whether it's pushing a broom, cleaning toilets, cleaning up the sanctuary, mowing the yard, or it's something bigger. Maybe you're standing in the, behind the pulpit. Something along those lines of what people would consider bigger tasks as, where the church is, as far as the church is concerned. They don't change the way they approach it. And do it just because they consider one thing to be small and the other thing to be big. No matter what the Lord asks us to do. Get this. No matter what the Lord asks us to do is big to him. Did you hear that? Do not think that what you're doing for this church is, is insignificant unimportant I don't care what you're doing 
I've shared stories. You know all that I did over there at Missoula Bible Church. Again, I don't say that to brag on me. I'm bragging on the God who lives in me. And the fact that, you know, and it wasn't always a bed of roses for me. Don't get me wrong. I, I had a lot of growing over there. I mean, a lot of growing into which my wife and my son could have, say a healthy amen. But the bottom line is I did grow. And I did stick with it. And when I made mistakes, I got up, got back up, got right with God and kept moving forward. Do not look down on what you're doing. Do not think that it's insignificant. Stick with it no matter what. Do not change. If it's God's will today, it's God's will tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying here, my friends? We've got to swear to our own hurt. We've got to say, God, I'm not moving off of this. This is, this is your will. If God has brought you to this church, then you're supposed to be in this church. And you're supposed to be helping us run with the vision in this church. Do not think just because things may be coming a little challenging in here. I mean, this is not an easy time. This is a huge transition time for us. I want to be able to have everything already done. Our classroom set up for our kids. I want to have our praise and worship team up there. Everything looking beautiful. Parking lot looking good. Sign out front. I want all that done already. But it's not. It ain't done yet. But in the meantime, what are we going to do? Get upset because of where we're at right now? Or rejoice because of where we're going? I don't know about you, I'm going to keep on rejoicing. Because I know this much. If, as I have shared with other ministers, what God has been doing for us, and the way God has been orchestrating this, I just had, you know Dana Nile that comes, the uh, missionary. He just sent me a text. How blessed he was to hear, how, to see what God's been doing for this church. And I tell you, we're just getting started. You wait and see how God is going to give us the victory. Hallelujah. Stick with this church. If you're here, stick with us, please. We love you. God loves you. And we, no, I'm going to say something. We need you. Now, obviously, if for whatever reason a person leaves, we're going to get by. We trust God for that. But if God brought you here, it's just not so you can sit in your chair real comfortable chair with your arms crossed and say fill me up god fill me up that's all i need to do is get filled up and then you never do anything we're called to do something with what he's given us amen hallelujah glory to god so if we are to be faithful as jesus was faithful then we must be people who are always there for others we must be people who refuse to lie people who always speak the truth and love and once we know what the lord has called us to do we must be people who refuse to change Amen? Did you get something this morning? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for this word. I believe your word.